We bring you the State House Review. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Eric Berman joins us now from the WIBC newsroom. He covers the State House for you, for me, for America, everybody. Uh, this is a budget year in a year where people don't know when the bounce back is going to occur to figure out what a budget can be. How much are the dollars play, paying uh are playing a part in some of the legislation that we're going to be seeing this session? I think it's more a case of how it's going to prevent some legislation that we might otherwise see this session. Um, and the pandemic does that uh, as well. I mean, the pandemic is causing economic uncertainty, too. But there's two ways that it's going to be a slimmed-down session. One is exactly what you pointed out. There's just not a lot of money. The, they have the governor's office unveiled their budget yesterday. Um, the first year, there's money to give schools an increase, and everybody else is basically um, make-do. Um, you, you've got the same money that you had last year, a little more in some, a little less in others, but it's going to come out uh, flat for everybody who's not schools. But the second thing is there's not going to be a lot of bills in, and not going to be as many bills introduced because they're trying to minimize how often they have to be together and how long they're in the same room. The, the House always has a limit on how many bills you can introduce. The Senate has passed one this time, has instituted that rule. So there's going to be less legislation filed. Committee chairs or committees are going to meet less frequently. Committee chairs are going to have stripped down agendas. There's going to be a lot less legislation moving, and that means a lot less uh, of these uh, high-cost things coming through. The the limiting of what you can bring forward, I don't think is something that people can understand. Each, each, is it each member only has so many things they can sponsor, or exactly. each party, each... or each or caucus, or is there some other way to describe that? No, no, it's each member. You're exactly right on the first one. And uh, you know, there was a little bit of grousing about that from the Senate Democrats over the summer when they were debating this, because, you know, there's only 11 Senate Democrats, and that's actually the most there's been in some time. So you limit all of them to uh, 10 bills apiece. That's only 110 bills for the entire caucus. But I think everybody has gone along with it at this point. You know, you can co-sponsor someone else's bill. You've got uh, House Democrats who can introduce things, and even with that limit, even putting that aside, that's 110 bills. So there's a you can get a fair number of priorities out there. Uh, but yeah, it is a per per member limit. Talking to Eric Berman from the WIBC newsroom, the State House Review. What's going on with the state? It's, it's not all impeachment, folks. <laughs> Pretty important. So speaking of what's important to this assembly, what are the things that we should be on the lookout for that are top level, first things first? Well, you mentioned the budget. Um, redistricting is the other one that has to pass. Uh, it's not impossible there could be a special session because there's some question as to when the Census Bureau is going to get that information out to the states, and they're going to need time to turn that into a map. So they, if that's too close to the adjournment deadline, they may have to come back to do that or kick it over to this uh, five-member commission that is in place if the legislature can't agree on something. Um, so those two have to pass in some form or another. The other two that I would watch for quickly, um, you might remember there was the controversy over the summer over school funding because the way state law is written um, – it says, you know, if you're a virtual school, we have a couple of those in Indiana. If you meet and if you spend the majority of your time meeting online, you only get 85 percent of the funding that a brick and mortar school would get. 
Well, as we all know, a lot of brick-and-mortar schools have had to move classes online for some or, or most of the year. And there was a danger that if you read the letter of the law, you know, IPS could end up with less money when they're already trying to make their budget work with the money that they get to begin with. So there's a bill on a fast track. Uh, there's going to be a hearing on the House floor today. Final passage could come next week. The Senate's moving on it quickly. Um, that would basically say, yeah, you get your full funding to understand there's special circumstances. The other one we're likely to see very quickly. Remember, normally nothing goes to the governor until March because the House does all its work before they deal with anything from the Senate and vice versa. But that bill, the school funding bill, and the other one, the COVID liability bill, both of those may end up on a fast track. This is the thing that Congress has wrapped itself around the Axelon doesn't look like there's going to be that issue in Indiana. Both parties are behind this. The idea that, look, unless you're just completely negligent, unless you know, we fill in your circumstances and it'd be a jury that decides what rises to that level, but unless you're completely negligent, if you run the local Meyer store and somebody comes to your store and catches COVID there, you can't sue and say, hey, you gave me COVID. It has to be some actual willful misconduct for that lawsuit to be allowed. So those are the things that are top line. What is the thing you're looking at, Eric, that is lurking under the surface that is going to become the thing that makes people either shockingly agree (laughs) or radically get into a fight? You know, I'm not sure it fits neatly into either of those holes, but one that's a little unusual that's actually on the agenda today. Uh, The Senate has a bill and is giving it a hearing that would ban cities from changing their name. And specifically, it would ban Indianapolis from changing their name because Indianapolis is in the state code as the seat of government. It's the capital of the state. Um, you, there was a brief flare-up over the summer. I'm not even sure flare-up is the right word. But at one point in one of the governor's weekly briefings, there was a question about uh, – you know, should should Indiana change its name? We're named after Native Americans. You know, the Redskins have changed their name. The Cleveland Indians are changing their name. Um, and he said he was talking with with Native American leaders. There hasn't been anything further on that, but the fact that that door has been sort of not firmly closed. Uh, Indianapolis Senator Jack Sandlin has a bill. As I said, it's getting a hearing. That would say if you're a city that's mentioned in the Indiana Code by name, you can't change your name. So it'll be interesting to see see where that goes. I'm not I'm not sure anybody was really planning on changing Indianapolis's name, but this would make that a law. We live in the upside down. This is my theory. I will leave you to yours. That's Eric Berman. He is the chief political correspondent here in 93 WIBC, bringing you the State House Review. We will check in next Thursday.